0: Grace and peace in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all and welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church Whether you are a longtime member or a first-time visitor, it is a joy to worship with all of you this day Whether if you are here in the sanctuary this morning, you will find a red friendship folder near you in your pew We invite you to fill it out in case we may need that information in the future. And we are very glad that you are worshiping with us this morning. Beloved Church, this morning is our mission trip Sunday. And after the service, I invite you to gather with our fellow youth in fellowship and song as our mission trip band, Wesley and the Car Wash will play some of their songs from the trip after worship in the yard outside of the church entrance and education building entrance. We hope you will join us. Friends, we gather on this day to witness the ways the Spirit touches our lives. In the lives of youth during a trip to West Virginia, in the lives of those who are doing work here at home, So let us pray and sing and profess together. Let us worship God.
1: Please stand and join me in our responsive call to worship. People of God, what are we here to do? To love the Lord our God with heart and soul and mind. What are we here to do? To love our neighbors as ourselves. People of God, what are we here to do? To, to worship, worship our God, God, let us worship God together. We will now join our hearts and minds together as we reflect on Him 300, We Are One in Spirit. Mm-hmm.
2: be seated. Claiming us in love, God calls us to grow in that love and to reflect that love to others. As a first step, let us turn to God now and confess our sins using the prayer of confession as printed in your bulletin. Gracious God, Jesus tells us that our lives are enriched by loving you and loving our neighbor. We confess that love is hard for us. We can be too selfish or too pessimistic, too hollow or too hardened, or just too tired to give ourselves to love's demands. Forgive our arrogance erb- and our loves. Better parts, we the
3: praise.
2: The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. As forgiven people, let us stand and sing together the Gloria Patri.
0: Beloved church, as forgiven people, we will now share the peace of Christ with one another by the way we have been practicing for some time. We will be giving the peace of Christ through sign language. The peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Let us share one another the peace of Christ. I would now like to invite any young friends forward for the time of young disciples. Do we have any young friends with us this morning who would like to come forward? Hello, Tucker. Hello. Hello. It is good to see you. It is good to see you. Hello, Bouchers. Hello. Come on up. Come on up. If you'd like, I have some puzzle pieces for you. You can sit over here find a spot. It's so good to see you. Go ahead. You could sit there. Go ahead. You could sit there on those. Oh, okay. Or you could sit there. That's good too. All right. Come on over, Tucker. Come on over. Come on over here, Tucker. Come on. All right. So you could sit right there. So I would like, I would like you to do me a favor. Do you think you could do that? All right. Do you think you can wave to our friends in the tie-dye? Can our friends in the tide wave back? Yeah, well done. There's some up there and there's some over here. Hello, hello. The reason why I'm asking you to wave is because they went on a trip. I know. You know, Tucker. That's right. Because, because I just one. That's right. Your sister went on the trip. And we're waving to them to welcome them back into the sanctuary, to welcome that back ho- welcome them back home. They went on a trip to go do what God calls us to do to love our neighbor. That's what the Bible story is telling us today. All right? And they went on this trip and they loved their neighbor who they know well, their friends, each other. They got to hang out together. They loved their neighbors that they didn't even know. All the Exactly, McKinley, all the the yes, people they didn't even know that they loved.
3: God says to love
0: all. That's right. God says to love all. And so my hope is that we try to love our neighbor, that we try to love everyone this week. People that we know well, our friends, our family, and also the people that are strangers to us. Just like the youth when they went on their trip. Do you think we can do that? I love the enthusiasm of the head nod. I love it. Okay, well let's pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you for all the people in the world, for all the in the world and, we pray, and we pray that you help us love them that you help us love them amen. amen well it is so great to be back with you young friends and if you would like you can head to the back with Mr Carpenter for time for music or you can head back to see your parents in the pews okay all right thank you
4: morning as we approach a time now for the hearing of scripture let us prepare our hearts and minds in prayer let us pray our our lord our lord your, um, your word is a lamp to our feet a light to our path by your spirit let us what we need to hear and show us what we ought to do amen Our our, uh, scripture passage this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapters chapters 10, verses 25-37. Listen to the word of the Lord. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He asked to him. What is written in the law? What do you read there? He, He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man is going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him beat him and went away leaving him half dead now by chance a priest was going down that road and when he saw him he passed by on the other side likewise a levite when he came down the place where he saw him he passed by on the other side but a samaritan while traveling came near him and when he saw him he was moved with pity he wanted him, or he went to him and bandaged him, bandaged his wounds, pouring wine and oil and wine on them. Then put put him on his animals, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, "Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you with whatever more you spend." Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord.
5: Hello, everybody. My name's Austin Massey, and I had the pleasure of going on my fifth mission trip this year. Now how has the mission trip affected me? My first year, I was just a quiet kid who only went on the trip because my father forced me to, and never would I, have even, I never would have even thought of speaking in front of the church like this. Thankfully though, I did have two friends on the trip, both of whom were unable to attend the following year, so I figured I would go on one trip, see what it was about, and never go on another one. Thankfully I've never been more wrong. After the first few days at the Appalachian South Folklife Center, I made a commitment to go on every trip possible. My second year was great as I branched out and formed connections with people I never would have expected to become friends with. I continued to make new friendships in my third and fourth years as older friends unfortunately aged out. Somehow each trip would coincide with an internal conflict that would help shape my faith. My first year I was coming to terms with a fear of demonic possession that would keep me up at night. On my second trip, I heard someone whom I regarded as a very smart guy say that he truly believed there was no God. My third and fourth trip both involved me having doubts about whether there was an afterlife. And after my fourth trip, COVID happened and changed everyone's sense of normal. Somehow, the very hygienic state of West Virginia was the last state to get it, and I held out hope for so long that a 2020 mission trip could still happen. As you might expect, the trip didn't happen. July of 2020, around when the mission trip would have been, I was questioning more than ever whether there was an afterlife, and if anything we did would matter after we were gone. Without the trip, I would have to find answers on my own. First I asked questions on the internet, but that only got me so far. So a little before my 18th birthday, I opened up the Bible and just started reading from the beginning, and it's the greatest thing I've ever done. The newfound faith made my final trip just that much more special. Next, I'm going to talk a little bit about what takes place on the trip in hopes that at least one youth in this room will make a decision to attend. I'll start by talking about some of the friends I've made. My penultimate trip took place during Pastor Alex's first week of ministry, so none of us really knew him. Our first day out there, a couple friends and I needed one more person to have even teams for basketball, and the closest person to the court at that point was Pastor Alex. We asked him to play, and he said he would. Once he started shooting step backs, juking people out, and showing that he could hang with us even though he wasn't technically one of the youth, we all got a pretty good feel for how he was going to be as a pastor. This year I was shooting a few baskets. He came over, made seven in a row in the dark, before he decided that it would be the pastorly thing to do to just give me the ball back. (laughs) One story I love telling is how I sat next to someone in history class for four months and didn't really talk to him other than to do group work. He happened to go on the mission trip that summer, and within the first few days we were great friends. The trip also changes the energy in all who attend. At the beginning of this month, I was waking up around 10 o'clock and spending a lot of time on my phone. But day one in West Virginia, I was up before 6 a.m., I would exercise, shower, and be ready for the day by 8. My screen time also plummeted, and hopefully these changes will stick around. Greg is another connection I will never forget. He's the carpenter at the Folklife Center who helps all the groups with their home improvement projects. He's one of the most caring people I know, and I was lucky enough to work with him all five years. He constantly stresses safety for the kids. Every year, he sheds a tear over the thought of a child getting hurt, and that just shows how much he cares about every one of us. The memories I've made on this trip are absolutely priceless, and I will cherish them forever. Just as important, though, are the friendships I've made that will last a lifetime both those sitting in the first couple rows, not in the first couple rows, and those still in West Virginia. This trip changes me every time I go, and I've never met anyone who didn't feel the same.
6: When I was asked what my favorite moment of the mission trip was, my mind went blank. Not because there weren't any, but because there were so many, it was hard to choose. This was my third year on the trip, and with the cancellation of last year's trip, I was eager to get back to sunrises and square dancing at the Appalachian South Folklife Center. Or as I like to call it, my second home. Each mission trip centers around a certain theme, with this year's focusing around the concept of neighbors. Through scriptures and discussions, the group learns what qualifies as a good neighbor and how to become one yourself. While on the worksite, I was given the opportunity of having my own neighbor moment. It was the end of the day when your feet ache and you're sweating so much you start sticking to things. Myself and one other member were assigned to the room upstairs, where dirt and a mixture of many unsettling things were caked into the floor. No matter how much disinfectant we drowned it in or how hard we scrubbed, it was not coming up. Our spirits were low as we laid on the floor, watching the dirt stare right back at us. When we were both about to call it quits, the door opened, and there came another youth holding clean rags and a smile on their face. We rejoiced in having another pair of hands, and especially the clean rags, which were a rarity. Slowly, more and more youth joined us in the room until there were six of us all together. After petitioning for a speaker, songs from High School Musical filled the room while we all scrubbed and sang along together. Although the moment was small, seeing my fellow peers join me in a time where I felt defeated, showcased that you can be a neighbor to someone without even realizing. Even if it may have felt small to you, It certainly wasn't small to them. Normally, we're introduced to the homeowner on the first day, and throughout the week, we slowly learn more about their story, and they learn about ours. This year, however, we didn't meet the homeowner until the last day of work. At first, I was upset by this, and I remember feeling a sense of disconnect. As a naturally visual person, seeing and speaking to the homeowner allows me to picture the work site as more of a home rather than just a house. When we found out the homeowner was coming on the last day, I was delighted and couldn't wait to show her the progress we made throughout the week. As a cancer survivor, mother of nine foster children and two miniature Chihuahuas, all while maintaining a full-time job, no one was more deserving than her. The minute she opened the door to her new home, you could watch the weight being lifted off her shoulders. Her eyes filled with tears and gasps of joy as she walked around her new home. We proudly showed her the rooms we painted, cleaned and repaired, and she thanked us profusely. As I watched her reaction, I finally began able to feel my connection. You could see in her teary eyes how much this house meant to her and that it was all she needed to get back on her feet again. Every hardship was completely worth it for this moment. Once outside, she looked at us with watery eyes and said, God will repay you for this. And I immediately thought, God, already did. God has repaid me by presenting the opportunity to help someone in need and seeing their reaction to our hard work. God has repaid me through new connections and meaningful conversations with the most loving and caring people. God has repaid me by giving me beautiful memories that I will carry for the rest of my life. And for that, I am forever grateful.
7: Good morning, everyone. My name is Robbie Olenek, and I was a member of the Pensbury High School Class of 2020. I'm incredibly thankful for this opportunity to come back for one final mission trip with this group. As a member of Woodside Presbyterian, I was so grateful that when my longtime friend Austin Massey brought me on this trip nearly five years ago, I was welcomed with open arms and invited to be a part of this community to spread God's love. On the drive home from West Virginia, we played a game called Match Game. It didn't involve any matches out of a matchbox, thankfully. (laughs) The object was to try to come up with the same response as your partner to some prompt. For example, one prompt was, Mary screamed her head off at blank. And Hope Massey said, spiders. And Austin Massey said, the resurrection of her son, Jesus Christ. (laughs) So uh, those didn't match. They didn't score any points there. (laughs) But we all thought their response was pretty funny. We enjoyed how different those two answers were, even though that wasn't the point of the game. And I think that experience sums up my fourth and final year on the mission trip pretty well. On this trip, I saw God in our uniqueness. I was inspired to think about this by the shirts that each of the participants are wearing today. We all received some rubber bands and some dye, but each shirt came out entirely unique. And for that matter, so did our hands, but fortunately, I think I got all the dye out by now. (laughs) Since the moment we're born, we're all tie-dyed to have a different personality and set of talents. Our tie-dye doesn't dictate our every move, but it serves as a guide as we go about our lives. In the world we live in today, some people will judge others by the colors and patterns on their shirts. They might say something like, these colors don't fit well with ours, or our patterns are more intricate than theirs, but I can't think of any two people whose shirts can't complement each other in some way. The shirts we saw in West Virginia were quite different from ours, and I believe that this is what makes the mission trip so powerful we come from the faraway land of Morrisville, Pennsylvania, to spread God's love to homeowners who are in a difficult situation. They still wear tie-dye, which makes each of them unique. The only difference is their shirts are soiled, dirtied by a society that has shifted away from blue-collar jobs and left many rural families without a sustainable lifestyle. The mission of our trip isn't to fix the wider issues that plague these communities, it's to clean their dirtied shirts, to give people a week-long exposure to hope and unconditional love. I think it's fair to say that a child will more easily believe in the presence of our God than a hard-working adult whose prayers seem to be left unanswered. Us teenagers, have the power to restore that childlike belief, to wipe the dust off those soiled tie-dye shirts. And with vibrant colors showing, a new optimistic perspective on life is achieved, a shift away from the wants that materials and idols satisfy towards the needs that our Lord satisfies. So don't bleach your shirts. Don't cover up the parts You don't think the world will like Don't be afraid to search for more colors too Our God has given us so many vibrant colors to spread joy with Ask yourself, what are my colors? Could be music, cooking, writing Could be art, sports, technology Maybe it's fellowship or conversation When you take all these colors and put them in a building, you get a church. When you take a church and open its doors, you get a tomorrow that's brighter than the day before. Jesus is the light. Let's be the color. Thank you.
8: Having heard the word read and proclaimed this day, please stand and join me in affirming our faith by reading the words of the brief statement of of faith as they are listed in your bulletin. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. Jesus proclaimed the reign of God, preaching the good news to the poor and release to the captives. Teaching by word and deed and blessing the children, healing the sick and binding up the brokenhearted, eating with outcasts, forgiving sinners, and calling all to repent and believe the gospel. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves. And to love God and neighbor, and binds us together and emp- one body of Christ, the Church, in gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, "Come, Lord Jesus." Please remain standing and join together in singing hymn number 749, Come Live in the Light.
1: Let us pray. We praise you, God our creator, for your handiwork in shaping and sustaining your wondrous creation. In the miracles of life and in the wonders of living, we witness your glory. In the particular blessings we cherish this day, we praise your handiwork. When young people serve, when adults mentor, and when a congregation loves, we give you thanks. For so long, we have felt as if we were toiling without a harvest. So when we have an opportunity to witness your abundant glory in the thin places of your grace, we raise our gratitude to the heavens. God, our Savior, you guide us through the parables and the power of your Son, Jesus Christ. Hear before us the prayers we hold in our hearts for our community, our country, and our world. We pray for our fellow neighbors near and far, Who have been displaced by flash floods and natural disasters we pray that in every land there might be peace and justice and love we pray that in our own communities people who are troubled people who suffer people who grieve might find support and encouragement through your word and your church we pray that each and every one of us may be open to the grace within ourselves and the divine within our neighbor so that we can see people as people and be restored to your amazing peace and wholeness. Holy Spirit, who is with with us near and far, strengthen us in our work and worship and life. Fill our hearts with your self-giving love and self-restoring grace. Use our voices so that we may speak your praise and profess the care of others. Shape our spirits so that they may conform to the image of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray saying, "Our Father,
0: Beloved Church, God calls us forth to the four corners of the world. God calls us to be scattered. God calls us to love our neighbor, to love the divine within and within others. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Be with those you love, be with those you are called to love, this day and forevermore. And all God's people say, Amen.
6: Um, We're just going to sing verses 1, 2, and 4.